The DNA of a Maker podcast is brought to you by 23andMe. Discover your DNA with 23andMe and what makes you, you. Join us whenever and wherever you listen to podcasts. Since launching in 2012, Makers has been helping to accelerate the women's movement by sharing stories of those who push equality forward. But that's not enough. Ingrained racism in our country is a fact. Today and every single day, we must stand with the Black community and our Black colleagues, friends, families, and partners to fight. To fight the structural racism that remains in place. To rally against injustice. With the DNA of a Maker podcast, we wanted to push the conversation forward to the next level. A deep dive into the traits of our makers and ask, what are the traits that make makers leaders? What traits give them the courage to fight for diversity and inclusion? and in turn, the courage to affect change. Since we recorded these episodes, our world has changed, and so have we. We will continue to amplify the voices that need to be heard and will work harder than ever before for justice and equality. I'm Liliana Vasquez, and this is the DNA of a Maker podcast. Today, I'm sitting across from a force to be reckoned with. Tarana Burke is a civil rights activist, community organizer, and the original founder of the Me Too movement. She's also a survivor of sexual abuse who was among the silence breakers named by Time magazine as its Person of the Year for 2017. Today, Tarana and I are going to discuss listening before leading, how talking can sometimes derail meaningful action, and the power of silence. Tarana Burke, I am humbled to be sitting across this table from you, and welcome to the DNA of a Maker. Thank you. I have seen you described with some pretty incredible words. Healer is one of them, survivor, Mm -hmm. teacher. But I want to talk about the traits that make up who you are and Mm -hmm. the traits that you feel have really personally contributed to the success that you have found as an activist and as a community organizer. What are some of those traits? I think... One of those traits is you have to be a good listener and be able to hear sometimes what's not being said in order to connect with people and and understand what it is they need and really trust that they know what they need. I think that's been helpful to me. You also have to operate not, I want to say without ego, but without ego in the work, because I don't think ego is inherently just bad, you know? (laughs) Right. But without a lot of ego in the work, meaning you have to take your stuff and put it to the side and focus on what it is you said you're committed to. And sometimes what you have to do for the people you want to serve runs opposite of who you think you are. Interesting. That makes sense. And so putting ego aside says, I think I know best. I think I know what's right. But this is not what people are asking for. Leadership is service, honestly. And so the people who you're serving have to kind of guide what it is you do and how you move and how you operate. And how did you discover that you had just a natural, innate ability to listen to other people and to hear their stories and hear them for who they were through those stories? It was people telling you that. I don't know that I saw that as a trait that I had, but I'm really interested in people. And not because I'm super social or anything like that. I'm just sort of interested in people. And I worked in the Black community. I worked with young people in the Black community in particular. And so there were things that I recognized from my life that I saw in young people who I was working with. And I was really interested in how it was manifested in their lives. And over time, young people or people who you deal with will say, I really appreciated you just listening to me. And sometimes it's not much you can do in way of advice or activism or organizing, but 
the work is to listen, to hear what the people have to say. Like, I can't come in and solve hunger in this community necessarily. But if you've been talking about hunger and people keep talking to you about taxes or politicians, then you don't feel heard. And it's not a way to build trust. And so I just think over time, I recognize that as something that people would say to me, you know, because I could listen to you and then say, I hear that and I appreciate it. And I empathize with it in these ways or I experience that also in these ways. I don't know that I can do anything about it, but I want you to know that I heard you. A lot of times people just need that, particularly doing this work. Survivors need to hear that. Right. I can't heal anybody necessarily, but part of their healing might be the fact that they've been heard. So the listening part makes it that much more important. And I think there's an honesty to saying, I can't fix this for you. Yeah. You know, and I think honesty is one of those traits that people have a hard time with. They right. Do. They why? Do. Why <laughs> is it that we struggle? So, I mean, it's it's so simple and it's sometimes easier to give to someone than to have with yourself. I mean, I'm probably too honest sometimes, but I don't know what the other option is. Lying is so difficult. And I'm not saying I don't lie. Obviously, we everybody tells a little lie here or there, but. It's so difficult. One, I don't have the mind for it because I can't keep things organized in that way. Seriously, in my mind. I, you can't keep track. I can't keep track. And so my memory is bad. That's most of the time how I've been caught in a lie. Somebody said, I thought you said it was red. I was like, oh, did I say red? I did mean red. <laughs> I'm sorry. And typically, mm-hmm. my friends will tell you, I get too stressed and I'll be like, all right, I'm lying. So <laughs> You call your own. You call yourself out. I just, you know, I mean, it's because it's never a huge, like, yeah. ruin your life lie. I'll be like, okay, I'm lying. Let me, let me back up and... This is what actually happened or whatever. And truth is so much easier, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I wish more people would embrace it because the other part is even when you mess up, most people just want to hear the truth. I learned that from my mother very early. Really? How did she teach you that? My mother is quite a remarkable person. I mean, I guess everybody would say that about their mom. But my mother used to say to me, she's really, really, really straightforward. If there's a possibility of being more straightforward than me, my mother is the source, okay? And so she didn't believe in coddling very much, you know? She would say, you ask a question, you got a 50-50 shot. It's going to be yes or no. Always prepare for the no. And so I would ask something, and she doesn't give explanation. So I'd be like, can I go to the store? And she'd say no. You know, as a kid, you're like, I, but I can't. And she'd be looking at me with a strange face like, you knew that there was a shot that you'd get a no, Right? You got to know. Go away. (laughs) You know, she'd be like, move on. She didn't understand the, like, dilemma. You ask a question, it's a yes or no question. So my mother's very honest in that way and very direct. My grandmother is too. Yeah, I just, I definitely. You come from a long line of straight shooters. The the Burke women are definitely straight shooters. Well, I think that's what's so amazing about the work that you do is that you are helping heal, right? You are facilitating healing. And that's why I think the word healer comes up when people talk about you in conversation. So we've heard healing. It's a weird word, though. It's like, like, you know, like I should be sitting on top of a mountain somewhere (laughs) meditating. (laughs) 2020? Yeah. I wish. The Toronto Burke Summit. (laughs) That would be fun and it'd be very well attended. Trust me. So leadership, Mm -hmm. listener, honesty, Those are incredible traits. What's another trait that you think has really helped you as an activist? Like what's something like at the core of you that just makes shit happen when you show up? You know, I keep getting quoted talking about my life mantra that I don't facilitate bullshit. And it's probably from my mom. It actually comes from a friend of mine who said it at a meeting one day. And I was like, the heavens just opened up. And I was like, that's right. 
But I do think that all of those things together that, that you just named, the leadership and the honesty and all the rest of that, allows you not to facilitate a lot of bullshit from people. You know, I'm a Virgo. That means anything to people. But <laughs> well, how do you self describe a Virgo? Well, you know, people mostly describe us wrong, I think. When people hear Virgo, they're like, oh, you're uptight and you just need things to be in a certain way and you're super particular. And I am super particular. But I also think that we're really focused. I think we have the ability to see past a lot of the nonsense. This is how a friend of mine described it, not just being a Virgo, but he was like, what I value about you is you're able to hear complicated things and make them easy. And I think that's been another helpful trait in this work that a lot of times people, it's like a sort of self-importance. People want to make things feel hard and complicated and not tangible. Like only I can do it because I have the algorithm. And it's just it's like, it's not really that hard, y'all. It's just A, B, and C. Look at that. And so I think that's been also helpful because it moves things along. People get stuck in these back and forth conversations and all of the meetings and the emails and the blah, blah, blah. And, the, you know, let's set it up this way and then we'll let's regroup. And I'm just like, we don't have to regroup. We how can many, get this I, done right now. How many regroups do you really Come need? Come on. I just, I'd like to get things done. I can tell. Let's look at things like, oh, <laughs> well, look at this. Let's just do it. I mean, I guess if we were talking about the things I have to work on, some of that has bled into moving forward in ways that make people feel uncomfortable because the truth is, if you're working with people, if I have this personality and somebody is more thoughtful and they're like, I have to take five beats before I'm able to move forward, maybe they take three, you know, as a compromise. But I don't want to bowl over people either and say, well, that's not my process, so I'm just going to do it. You know, that also creates bad work environment, bad situations with people. So I try to be mindful of that. So keeping things moving with an eye towards diplomacy, that is fabulous advice. You're listening to the DNA of a Maker podcast. And in just a moment, we'll talk to Tarana about embracing silence and also what she's learned from her mentors. We'll be right back. The DNA of a Maker podcast is brought to you by 23andMe. Just like we discovered with the DNA of a maker, 23andMe believes there is spectacular human diversity in the world that can be celebrated and embraced through your DNA. Regardless of ethnic background or any other part of our genome that gives us individuality, our DNA unites us all under a common humanity. Anyone can learn about and understand their DNA. And doing so with 23andMe allows you to pioneer a new world, where genetic data can help revolutionize health, wellness, and research. 23andMe helps us access, understand, and benefit from our DNA. To learn more, visit 23andMe.com. I want to go back to what you said about no bullshit, because mm -hmm. I read a quote from you when Michelle Williams called you <laughs> and invited you to the Golden Globes. Uh -huh. What did you say to her? I said, I don't want to be an accessory. I said, why, first of all? <laughs> so she's, I was like, Why? And she was like, oh, you know, she started talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be the black lady that you just dragged down the red carpet. I can't be that person. And, you know, she's another person who doesn't bullshit, right? She's real straightforward. And I think people read her to be demure and, like, maybe meek. But she's so not that person. <laughs> she's such a badass. Like, <laughs> I just enjoyed her a lot. And she was straightforward with me. And we had a great conversation and, you know, but that's another example of I don't want to tiptoe around this thing 
because then we'll be having these sort of nicey-nicey conversations, and then I'll be hanging up and calling somebody else, like, do you think that she wants me to da-da-da, instead of just talking to her and saying, listen, sis, this is not me. I can sit this one out because I wasn't expecting to go anyway. Right? Right. So, and you had been doing the work. Yeah, I mean, my, for my life's goal wasn't to, to like, hopefully one day I'll get taken to the Golden Globes. And, you know, that wasn't on the bucket list. And but. how did the two of you find resolution to that feeling? We talked through it. I said what I needed to say. She explained to me from the beginning to the end how she came to this conclusion. She talked about just coming into this sort of work around women. She had gone to the Women's March with her daughter. She talked about her daughter being a really big influence on her life and wanting to do more of this work in that way. It was very honest. It was genuine. I felt an authenticity from her that you don't particularly get from people you just meet. It's beautiful. It's incredible. So we've talked about these traits, Virgo being at the top, <laughs> but that does not mean that she's everything that you think a Virgo should be. No, She's just all. very focused. <laughs> and you have a vision. It sounds like you have yeah. a vision. So is there any one trait that is really personal to you that you feel has really just pushed you forward? Maybe it's something new. Maybe it's something that you didn't learn as a, as a little girl, that yeah. your parents didn't teach you. Is there something that you've observed in the world and taken away from the world around you? Maybe even recently that you felt like, this is something I want to harness. This is a power that I want to grow within myself. Yeah, I think silence. I think there's not enough silence. That is not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I think silence. I think that there's an expectation once you have this label, you know, of leader and all of this kind of stuff around you that you always know what to say and you're always on and you're always, you know, have to give a sound bite and whatever. And one that causes anxiety, for me at least, it causes anxiety is a feeling of like, it was making my brain race all the time to feel like I want to know what I'm saying. And the thing is, I do know what I'm saying. So it makes you second guess yourself. And so I think the last two years in particular have taught me that silence is okay. That in order to really be prepared for these moments where I have to speak and talk about things that I need to be more silent and listen to myself and trust myself and listen to other people, but to, to just be quiet sometimes. Folks sometimes ask me, why don't you tweet about this or why didn't you post about that? And I'm like, because I was thinking about it. You know, and I think we get this social media sort of instant gratification moment that we're in makes people feel like that's an inadequacy. And I just don't think that. I think that sometimes we need to be silent. I want to I want to just think about things. I want to, like, be quiet <laughs> and not have anything to say. Well, I mean, it's that old adage, right? You want to be still with your thoughts. Yeah. Like, be still with your and thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And I remember when my daughter was young, I would say that to them. Like, you know, just take a minute, be quiet, go in your room, think about it. But I don't do it myself. You know, I'm just like going, 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 going. And it was exhausting. I was on stage at a thing last year. And somewhere in the middle of the conversation, I literally felt lost. And I felt lost because I was so second-guessing in my brain. I was just like, did I answer what she said? I don't know what I'm saying. Where are we? <laughs> I swear. But the whole time, so I told my assistant when I got off stage, and she was like, I couldn't tell. You look perfectly fine. I was like, I nearly had a nervous breakdown on that stage just now because my mind was racing and I was thinking about the 24 hours before I had done that thing and all of the ripping and running and moving and carrying on that I had done. And I was like, I just need to sit still. So I value silence and the ability to be silent even when you are compelled by other people to speak. 
as a really important value now. I could not agree more. Now, you have been around some incredible people in your life across so many industries. And I think that's what's so amazing about you is how you've had all these touch points. What's one trait that a lot of those women or men have Mm -hmm. in common that you admire? (laughs) I don't know if this is a trait necessarily, but this is a, a running thread. Yeah. The most powerful women that I meet are always checking in to make sure that my business is taken care of. Explain that. It's like when I meet them, they run a little checklist like, have you done this? Do you have this person? Do you have that in check? Women have so few resources outside of each other. Like we're our own network in a lot of ways that they know that whatever lessons they learn from what they didn't have, they're very eager to pass it on to make sure that we're successful. That's why I've always felt like this. The whole idea that, you know, women are catty and backbiting and all of that is just such a myth. It's not my experience as a woman. It's not my experience as a black woman, for sure. Obviously, there are people who are mean, but that's not gender specific by any stretch of imagination, (laughs) right? So that trait, I don't know what I would call that, but it's definitely, it's just this beautiful network of information. Almost everyone, I can meet them for the first time and they're just like, Let's just have a chat. Before we get into the giggling and the laughing and the kikiing and the congratulations and all of that, they're like, do you have this? And it could be like, do you have a lawyer? Do you have an accountant? Have you done this? Have you done that? And they just run those things down. It's happened to me. I would no exaggeration probably 20 times. Wow. They all do the same thing. You know what it reminds me of? You know the Ciara song, Level Up? Yeah. They're helping you level up. Yeah. That's what they're doing. It is. Women want other women to be successful. And this idea that successful women don't hold the door open for others, it has not been my experience. And I think that what happens is that when somebody doesn't hold the door open for you, it's so jarring that it feels like it colors your other experiences. And maybe you forget that you wouldn't have gotten this far if people hadn't held the door open for you. But that's, yeah, it's definitely a leveling up. They are on it. And if I say I don't have this thing, I was trying not to call names, but I had a relationship with Ava DuVernay before all of this. I knew her from my other life in the arts. And so I think about her particularly because she always has specific things. And she'll double back and be like, did you do that thing I told you to do? No, do it. She's checking up on you. Brene Brown is another one who's just like, oh, my gosh. Hey, didn't I tell you that you should? Okay, I'll be checking back. I so, so, so appreciate it because... It is a tough sort of world to navigate being a public-facing person, especially when it wasn't, I wasn't like aspiring to it necessarily. Because I think if you're aspiring to it, you're kind of gathering that information as you go and you get the next position and the next position and more visibility and all that kind of thing. But when you're kind of thrust into it, and I think both of them have that experience to some degree, it's a different reality. How blessed you are to have women like that Man, really, surround I feel you. Very, very. And it has been men too. Yeah. Some, you know, I think about like Wade Davis, who's just an amazing human being. He's always checking in and making sure and everything. But it's definitely been these powerhouse women who are like, make sure your stuff is together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that lesson. Now, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. it's a tradition to end a maker's interview with a lightning round of questions. Mm-hmm. So I want to end our conversation with these questions. It's rapid fire. Go quickly. Are you ready? Okay, rapid fire. What's <laughs> in your DNA? All right. Typed or handwritten? Oh, used to be handwritten, but it's more typed now. Spontaneous or methodical? Methodical. Diplomatic or direct? Direct. Type A or easygoing? 
Oh, I'm type A. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Higher math score or higher verbal score? Verbal. Patient or impatient? Ooh, impatient. <laughs> prepare or cram? No, prepare. <laughs> cram ten- makes me it gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes early or ten minutes late? Late. <laughs> selfie or camera shy? Oh, lately selfie. Early bird or burn the midnight oil? Midnight oil. Trust me, I'll take the wheel or you better drive. No, trust me, I'll take the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Domestically skilled or domestically challenged? Skilled. Songbird or tone deaf? Songbird. One cup of coffee or ten cups? None. (laughs) Wata. (laughs) Something that terrifies you? Oh. Boy, you got me there. I think losing people close to me terrifies me. What is something you wish you did more often? Read. Something that makes you hopeful? Women. Something you wish you did less often? Not sleep. (laughs) Travel. Cliffhanger or afraid of heights? Oh, afraid of heights. Are you? Yeah. I'm not not into it. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. I mean, if I have to save my life, I'll do it. But (laughs) by choice, I never understand people who, like, pay money to be scared. I'm not paying money to, like, feel like I'm going to die. No, thank you. I'll be right here on the ground when you get here. (laughs) Yes, I love you. Tarana, you have been such a gift today. You have been such a gift to our audience, a gift to me. And thank you so much for the work that you do. It is tireless, and it is your life's passion. And I can feel that with every fiber of your body. So thank you so much. But before we go, Mm -hmm. where can people go to learn more and to do more? Well, come to our site. It's Me Too Movement, but movement is MVMT. So it's MeTooMVMT.org. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Want to dive deeper into the DNA of a maker? Join the conversation whenever and wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. I'm Liliana Vasquez. Join me next time for an all-new episode of the DNA of a Maker podcast. 